Welcome to King's Place Podcast. I'm Helen Wallace and I'm delighted to welcome here today Lawrence Power, viola player and mover and shaker extraordinaire, who's recently been appointed Artistic Director of the English Chamber Orchestra Charitable Trust. So Lawrence, this exciting series marks the beginning of your new relationship with the orchestra. What were your priorities when you had this opportunity? Uh, a very exciting time, really, and an honour to, to be given this um, opportunity. Its heritage is extraordinary. You know, it worked really did work with some of the, and still does work with some of the most important musicians of our time. You know, a very famous relationship with Benjamin Britten mm-hmm. right at the beginning, and that's continued. So really. I was really eager just to highlight this um, and also to go back to chamber music. It seems to me that this orchestra, as part of its sort of um, nucleus, had the Melos Ensemble um, at the beginning. And certainly the programs that I put together here at King's Place, which I'm very excited about, that's something I wanted to highlight in each program as well. And indeed, that that very first program, you've invited Anthony Marwood, wonderful violinist, to join you in in some very interesting repertoire that can't can't actually be programmed very often. Tell us about that program. That's right. Well, one of the lovely aspects of coming into this is one can just really program pieces that one loves playing. Bieber is a composer I've adored, especially as a as a string player. I think he's one of the most fascinating composers, predating Bach in many ways. I think Bach is often seen as the sort of revolutionary figure with the unaccompanied violin works and cello works. But actually, what Bieber was doing before him, I find really fascinating with score de instruments and developing techniques on string instruments that um, to this day are really groundbreaking. And this piece by Bieber, which perhaps is one of his best known pieces, La Battaglia, sort of formed the the idea for this program, really, a sort of war battle-inspired program. And I think there are there are moments in this piece, La Battaglia, where you really would be, if you didn't know who it was written by, you'd be really challenged to say what year it was written in. The yes, in, in fact, 1673 is 1673. Early, and when it? you think of this depiction of the battle scene in this piece, this mm. atonal fugue, it's really extraordinary. And I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's the closest one can get to a sort of time-travelling composer. I think he really was something extraordinary. Um, and I love this piece of music, so I'm looking forward to doing that. So Anthony's going to join me for the Sinfonia Concertante. Yes, yeah. Of course, that famous, famous work for violin and viola. Absolutely. I mean, it's really one of the pinnacles of, uh, of classical music, really. I think somehow the sense of dialogue in this piece by this Sinfonia Concertante makes it so touching. I think it's um, really a great piece of music and always a responsibility to play it. Mm. So it's going to be wonderful to play it with Anthony, who's a longtime friend and colleague, and I adore his playing and artistry. So I, I really look forward to playing that piece with him. And then there's this Hartmann Concerto Funebro. We're from 1939. Again, that's an unusual. Yes, it's a, it's an unusual choice. But I think Hartmann is a again a composer I'm fascinated by. This again probably his most well known piece. But there are some wonderful pieces of music. There's actually a concerto for viola, piano, and orchestra, which is, which is very very interesting. And he's a bit of a chameleon as a composer. He his his language changes quite drastically through many of his pieces this haunting piece of music he created is really, really spectacular, I think. And just, it's only with violin and strings, but within that small, quite small medium, he, he creates such a, a strong sort of musical narrative. Um, 
it's such a powerful work. It's sort of punctuated by these sort of these real desperate cries, but it's offset by this very beautiful these two chorales he uses that are the sort of backdrop to the more tender music. Well, let's move on to this the next program in November because this is a really interesting one a tribute really to Peter Maxwell Davis, the late composer. And I believe you were in contact with him. You you did know him. He's such an extraordinary figure, isn't he, in British music of the last 50 years, really? Yes, absolutely. He was a very, very special man. And, you know, I'm 39 now. And certainly I feel as if he was an enormous <laughs> influence on me working in the National Ensemble. I've worked with him quite closely on a, a few pieces. And in fact, as you say, we were talking about a, a viola concerto right at the end of his life, which was very sad that that didn't come to fruition. But um, but for the generations older than me as well, I think he was an enormous influence. He was at the cutting edge sort of the avant-garde. And what's come through by planning through planning this concert in November is just what affection and and uh, respect he had amongst all of his colleagues. Uh, people really wanted to be involved. And, you know, James McMillan, Sally Beamish, in fact, is going to write a short solo viola piece for this evening. Um, and I wanted to include one of his earlier pieces, Seven in Nomine, which is a very powerful piece, yes. um, as well as his Strathclyde concerto with Daniel Hope um, and some other composers. James McMillan is going to conduct his small trumpet concerto with Alison Bolson, which is a beautiful piece. And um, Colin Matthews and David Matthews are writing some short tribute pieces to him. And we're delighted that Tom Service is going to be there to sort of interview composers and talk about Max, really. Mm. So I, I hope it will be a lovely celebration. So your concert in December um, is featuring Christian Zacharias. How did you come to know him? A um, very interesting musician. Very interesting musician. And again, someone I've just enjoyed working with so much the, the few times we've worked together he has some quite controversial ideas it seems to me on Bach and what yes. the, the repertoire he performs but I just as a musician I think he's he's fabulous and of course coming into this new position with the English Chamber Orchestra the sort of musician you want to have around to, to work with and to learn from so that's a very classical program whereas in great contrast to that you've invited Mark Padmore to do a program that seems to loop back and forwards across time with that inspirational chain sort of running from Corelli to Tippett and Dowland to Britain. Yes. That's a very different It's always very hard when, when doing programmes. I, I blow hot and cold whether it's worth having themes or not because sometimes you can feel restricted by it. But I must say, putting these programmes together, there was a sort of natural starting point, this incredible nocturne, which is a piece mm. I've adored for so many years, um, the nocturne by Britain, which in a way was sort of looking back... <laughs> to its predecessor, the Serenade for tenor, mm. horn and strings, which ends with that extraordinary nocturne. Um, and then I just thought it'd be interesting to look at that idea of composers looking back. Um, Tippett is a composer who I think is vastly underrated and, <laughs> and underperformed. <laughs> yes. So I try and perform Tippett as much as possible because I think he was <laughs> possibly one of my favourite composers. The triple concerto masterpiece and should be played much more, um, as is this um, Corelli Fantasia, mm, mm. which I was really keen to, to perform. And of course, there's an obvious, obvious aspect of looking back in that piece to Corelli um, and John Warwich's piece, which I think is a, a beautiful sort of um, realisation of, or what would you call it? It's a sort of 
arrangement, I guess, of Monteverdi. Yes, Ulysses um, Awakes, that exactly, is. Exactly, Ulysses yes. Awakes by John Woolrich. It's a wonderful sort of reworking of Monteverdi. Um, and also Britain's Lacrimae that will perform, which takes as its basis these John Dowland these two John Dallin songs, which we'll also perform. So um, I look forward to that concert very much. I think it's, it's, it's going to have some nice, some nice elements to it. You're one of the best connected instrumentalists I know, Lawrence, and your name seems to be a password in chamber music festivals all over the world. So I'm not surprised you've managed to attract music's golden couple. That's violinist Wilde Frank and cellist Nicola Alstedt, who are coming along for April and May's concerts. They're really something else, aren't they? They're such curious musicians and also curious performers as well. They, it's, it, there's nothing cliched about their playing, which I mm. really, really appreciate. Um, Vilda's going to perform both Bach concertos and the Verest String Trio, which I very much look forward to. Mm. Um, and uh, Nicola is going to perform an interesting program. He's going to conduct Haydn and Verest, and he's going to perform Haydn's C major cello concerto as well. That's right, which is part of Cello Unwrapped, yes. and we're absolutely delighted. And I think Nicola's a sort of perfect example, I think, of my generation, or I think he's a bit younger than me, but sort of my generation. There's this amazing possibility now to mix, you know, new music with period performance, working with composers. I think it's an exciting time. Thank you very much, Lawrence, for coming in. English Chamber Orchestra begins its sixth concert series at King's Place on the 21st of October 2016. And tickets are available at kingsplace.co.uk forward slash ECO. Thank you.